The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello. The Email Marketing Heroes. And today on the Email Marketing Show, we thought we'd share some of our big rules and frustrations when it comes to email marketing. So we give them the grandiose name of the Commandments of Email Marketing. Now, before we get into that, I want you to know, at the end of this podcast, you don't need to feel all alone, like you've got questions. So instead, come and share what you're working on and get stuck into the training and the resources in our free Facebook group. Just open a web browser, type in robandkennedy.group, robandkennedy.group, and you'll go straight over to the Facebook group. Now, he's never seen the movie Beetlejuice. Yes, it's hypnotist Robert Temple. And he needs his roots if his hair doing so badly because he currently looks like a badger. It's mind reader Kennedy. Robin Kennedy can get inside your head. I think it just looks like I've had my hairs tipped, you know, like the 90s. You ready to join a boy band? That's what's going on. No, I like it. In fact, I wanted it this way. That was a boy I say band. a boy joke. band. It could be a girl band. Together you can join. You can join a gender-neutral band. Spice people. We are here every single week helping course creators, coaches, and membership site owners just like you make email marketing less of a numbers game and put the odds back in your favor with harder hitting, higher converting, psychology driven email marketing. I've changed my mind. This episode is now going to be about changing the name of bands <laughs> to be more politically inclusive. Backstreet, so we're going to have Backstreet the, People. The Backstreet People. That was the next one I had. And <laughs> other devices that you can put water in so and sync and bath we're going to make it oh, i see i was going to go for sync as in like when you sync your phone to your computer or sync your okay, so icloud to your what's it fascinating banter this week isn't it anyway <laughs> let's move on so as we said uh, we have these commandments for your very grand name and it's basically just a bunch of stuff that we've come up with over a period of time and we thought oh we should definitely do that and we found that when we didn't do this or if we didn't do this the results were significantly not as good. Okay, so I'll start off by getting on my high horse about this thing that really pisses us off. When people, it just the really reason it pisses us off is because there's so much opportunity. If you change this one thing, it makes a massive difference. And that is when you send an email, you get to choose the name that it's sent from. Not your email address, but that from name. Mm. And most, a lot of people are choosing to use their brand name in that. So for us, that would be Email Marketing Heroes or Response Suite or The League or whatever like that. But you'll have a much more significant impact, get more opens and connect with people much better. If you just put your damn bloody name in there, it works really, really well. So put your name in there. We know that there is a person who sent this email. We know it because it wasn't a machine. The company didn't write. The brand didn't write this email. We're trying to create one, the, the, the feeling of a one-to-one relationship with people. So put your name in there. Now, if you want to take that up a notch, go on, Rob. 
I think what this does is, you know, when you get mail through the front door and the mail comes and it's in like, you know, an envelope with a, a clear window on the front, it's got your address printed, you know, it's from the bank or the council or somebody, you've got that. That's not as interesting as when you receive a letter and it's all handwritten. I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to replicate that same thing I mean back in, in the email. back in the day of direct response in fact even still we've got our, our, our friend Ollie Luke who has that company that does the handwritten mail thing for that very same reason so you can it's an old direct response thing of send a a letter with handwritten in, uh, address and stuff on it and also the old licked and sticked or now peeled off for hygiene reasons and sticked uh, and stuck Sticked? That's not a word, is it? Come on, people. Licked and sticked. Licked and sticked. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds better than licked and stuck. Anyway, um, licked and sticked stamps, they're going to get opened, aren't they, compared to the yeah. mail merged, like printed ones. Flanking if, and all that stuff, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So it's the same sort of thing. You want it to feel like you're, you're, it's coming from a person. But also, when they open up that email, they want them to be able to realise that's the voice of a human being, and they want to know whose voice it is, Right. Totally. And so I think it's really, really important to do that. Now, what we do is we have like a hybrid, don't we, where we'll use a name and the brand name. And I've seen quite a lot of SaaS companies, software companies do this. So you'll have such and such from such and such a company. That's one way of doing it. The way that we do it, our emails will come from Rob forward slash forward slash email marketing heroes or Kennedy forward slash forward slash response suite. Yeah. And the reason for that is just actually just yesterday, I received an email from somebody whose name the, the, the from name was just Rob. And I was like, oh, I thought it was you actually, Rob. So I opened it up and I was and this guy's talking about stuff. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? What, what, why, mate? What, what's going on? And then I realized it wasn't you. And I was like, okay, now I need to read it again with some new context about this is somebody trying to sell me something or whatever it was, send me to a bit of content. The easiest way to do that is to allow them know, to know which voice <laughs> they need to read it in their head. So just put both in. So put Rob... And then in this case, our case, forward slash, forward slash, email marketing heroes or Kennedy forward slash. So that means they know from the just the from, people obsess over the subject line. They obsess over it. But there's other elements, and we talked about this elsewhere, but look at the from name, put your name and put your brand so they know, oh, it's that Rob. Rob could get away with Rob slash slash with the red hair because that's such a unique thing. You could get away with that. So... Take a look at making a more human setting from a brand. That's the first of the email marketing commandments. The second one is something that actually we've only started doing widespread across all of our stuff fairly recently. We've been experimenting it with sub, sub areas of our brand and some of our lists, but actually across our main list, something we've only started doing recently. And that is to have what we're going to call granular unsubscribe links. And basically what that means is obviously by law, whenever you send out an email to your list, it'll naturally have the unsubscribe link at the bottom that's put in by MailChimp or Infusionsoft or whatever. And you can't get rid of that. That's fine. However, the problem with that is it means that if you email regularly, like we do 365 days a year, or, or just regularly, generally like three or four times a week, people can't unsubscribe from hearing those emails and still receive updates about their product they've bought or, you know, something, the, the event they're attending. And that can be irritating for people. I totally, totally generally buy into the fact that people are either subscribed to you or they're not. But if somebody buys something from you and they need further communication, it is a bit unfair to hold them hostage and say, well, in that case, you have to hear about everything else I've got going on as well. Yeah. And so one of the things we started to do is have these granular unsubscribe links. I'll show you the sort of level we've done it on. Uh, we've done it so that if somebody doesn't want to hear from us every day, 
they can just unsubscribe from the daily emails. But it means that every once in a while, if we're doing something else, we could put them through a campaign of something. And at the end of it, they would go back into not hearing from us as much. So there's that. So we've literally just created a tag in the email marketing system. It's called daily opt-out. And if somebody clicks on the little, we've put a little sentence at the bottom, if somebody clicks on the link in that sentence, they'll just stop hearing from us every day. We've done another one because once a week we send out an email with our podcast episode in. If somebody's happy to receive the daily emails, but for some reason, I don't know why, they didn't want to get a notification every time we release a new podcast, maybe because they're very clever and they've subscribed to it on their podcast app and they hear about it that way, then again, people can just choose to not hear about that weekly email from the podcast. So I think this is a really, really cool thing to do. A quick shout out to our friend and client, Kay. She said, she describes it as the nuclear unsubscribe. Is the, is the only option that most people have. You just click the button and you unsubscribe, boom, from everything. And that's not really the best way to do it. So no, it's that, that's working like, really well for us. It's working really well. And it's the kind of thing you'll have experienced yourself, possibly, if you've been doing this a little while or been thinking about this for a while. And that is, somebody's bought something from you. And they've also unsubscribed from you. So when you send them updates, they're like, oh, well, I didn't get that e- update. You go and have a look in your system. You're like, well, it's because you're bloody unsubscribed. And you blame them. Mate, we blame them for ages too. But actually, let's take some responsibility ourselves. No, we need to not unsubscribe them from the entire world. Not do K's infamous nuclear unsubscribe. And actually, just unsubscribe them from that. Quick bit of information for you. Obviously, one of the things that does mean is that those clicks on those unsubscribe links are now factored into your click-through rate. So when you open up an email and you see who clicked on it, when you click on that, some of those clicks will not be to the call to action you want people to go to. There'll be people clicking on and unsubscribing from your daily emails. And that's totally fine. But it's interesting when you look, we've had almost no real unsubscribes since we implemented that measure. Right. Right. Almost everybody says, okay, well, I'll just do that then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, re- it really, really does help. Okay, let's talk about something we're going to have a bit of a discussion on, I think, Rob, because I think we've got some differing opinions on this, which is nice. And that mm. is what we're going to call the importance of averages, right? So you've got a, an opinion about averages. I'll share mine to begin with. In general, my feeling is that, that averages are just... What we, what we mean about averages is comparing yourself to industry averages. So on my, we, we get this a lot in, in the Facebook group, for example. I've got this open rate or this click-through rate. Is that good? And it's like, well, compared to what? Compared to the industry? That's one average you can take a look at. So compared to all emails sent through Keep and Infusionsoft or through all emails sent through Active Campaign, how do you compare? That's one thing to think about. That's one industry type of way you can look at it. Average if you want to call it that. The other one is compared to all people who do what you do. So all coaches, or you can get even more minutia, if you want to call it that, which is all coaches who teach the thing that you teach. So, or it could not be coaches, but it could be just people who teach what you teach, but regardless of the format they teach it in. So you can take the averages and you can slice them up whichever way you like. One thing we definitely know is that numbers can be made to say pretty much anything you want them to say. You can find numbers to support pretty much any argument. That's I mean that's how politics works, pretty much, right? So that, that that's one element of it. The other one is the averages that you think about for yourself. And that's what I think is really important with averages. We should always be trying to in, improve on our averages. So if at the moment you've got a 
case in point, we've got, um, I'll talk about John. He's one, he's a person who went through, he's a member of the league. He went through our um, LOL re-engagement email challenge where we re-engage his email list. And he started off with an, an average open rate of a low amount. I'm going to make up some numbers now on behalf of John. You are welcome. But let's say he was getting an average open rate of 15%. Then he did the LOL sequence that we taught during the challenge. And then he ended up with an open rate of 35%. He just improved his average. And because I really believe that all marketing, all business, and in fact life is only a competition against yourself and improving yourself and not against the world, then that's then that's um that's a really good thing. If your average is going up, if your average is going down, something we look at with a podcast, for example, some episodes perform better than others. Some people, some episodes get more downloads than others. We're competing against ourselves, but obviously it's not always a fair test. So that's where I think averages fit in. Where are you at with it, Rob? So I think that what you mentioned there, I want to pick up on about there being, there's lots of different types of average when it comes to email marketing and everything actually, but let's look at email marketing, obviously. I think it is worth knowing I use Infusionsoft and the average open rate in Infusionsoft is X. It's worth knowing and analyzing that because otherwise, if you're having a conversation with somebody uh, like a coach or a consultant and they say, you're only getting X percent open rate, but they've used active campaign their entire life. And one of them has better delivery than the other. There is nothing you can do about making your averages go up if they're getting 100% of their their emails delivered and you're only getting 1% of your emails delivered because you're using a bad delivery platform. Well, I there is something you can do. Worth you, knowing. Can, you, you can change platform. Like, there you is can a, change platform. There is a platform so we I, were I, talking about in the group the other day think, which has significantly poor delivery. And we said, totally. oh, it's got great... The functionality is amazing. And I used to use it years ago. But the deliverability was absolute shit. And it doesn't matter right. that it's got great segmentation if no no buggers are actually receiving it. So I think I think the first thing to know is it is worth knowing where you rank in, in amongst everyone else who's using your platform. Because if you're doing distinctly badly compared to everyone else, but again, it's platform specific. So I think it is worth knowing that. Equally, I think it's worth knowing for your niche. I think it's worth knowing that. of So for example, in the online marketing, internet marketing, make money online space, the average open and click-through rates across the industry, across that niche, that industry, are lower than in the personal development industry. And the reason is people are on more lists. The market is more saturated. People are more aware of what email marketing is and the, the strategies that we use, the dastardly tactics that we use to sell things through email. People are more jaded. They're more aware of it. They're on more lists. The, the open rates are just lower. So again, it is worth knowing where, where that sits. However, I do think that it's worth knowing where you sit in the general averages of delivery within your market. And the reason why I think it's worth comparing yourself against other people is that if you've got a 28% open rate and you think, well, that's initially lots of people who come into this world, they get 28% open rate and they go, that's really bad. That's whatever percentage of people, I should have picked an easier number, whatever percentage of people aren't opening my emails. And actually what they don't realize is that actually they're doing, they're doing pretty well. 28% open rate. That's pretty good in most industries. Getting that is, is, is pretty solid in this day and age. Now they could, and you should try and work and say, well, how can I get that to 29%? And then how can I get that to 30%? How can I get that to 31%? However, there are, and this is just a fact, there are limits on what's possible. For example, NASA can get somebody from earth to the moon in whatever length of time it takes to get somebody from earth to the moon they are constantly trying to presumably make that faster, easier, better, 
And one day, hopefully, they'll be able to just teleport people to the moon and you'll be there within seconds. However, that's the most difficult thing, one of the most difficult things that anybody could try and do right now. Within email, if you try and open, if you're if you're on the top of your industry and you're trying to make it higher, that's really hard. If you if you take a different metric that's easier to tweak and has a bigger lever, lever you're going to do faster. For example, if I can change the headline on the page I'm sending people to, that's going to increase me conversions quicker than me trying to get a higher open rate of my emails, if that makes sense. If I just pick something else that's easier to tweak, that's not at the top of my game, then you're going to, you're going to find easier places to, to, to lever up. So you can waste time trying to fix something that's already as good as anybody else on earth has got it where there's loads of other things that are underperforming. And if you make those better, your results will go up higher. Does that make sense? What do you think to the counter of that, which is about the, uh, I think I'm going to butcher his name. I think, I think it's Roger Bannister, the, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. People before him had never run a mile in such a short amount of time, but, but once they knew they could, more, lots more people did because right. the, the glass ceiling that was placed in people's minds was was lifted to a higher level. So the the glass ceiling that appears in, let's just take the online marketing and digital marketing space that, that we occupy, the, the glass ceiling which is in there is if you get, like, we interviewed Amy Perkins bloody months ago, very early in the show, and she was getting a 60% open rate and we were like, bloody hell. But really, that still means 40% of people are not opening her emails, right? So, uh, by the way, if anyone wants to go and listen to that episode about Amy's 60% open rate, it is ridiculous. And the way she's doing it is super simple. Just go to theemailmarketingshow.com slash unlearn. Theemailmarketingshow.com slash unlearn to hear about that. But but she, her glass ceiling, she, she didn't know what she didn't know. She didn't know she should be aiming for 25% or 35%. She was like, why am I not getting 100%? And she was furious, wasn't she? So what do you think about that mentality with that? So I do I, I do buy into it, and I do think you should put effort into getting your open rate higher. For example, just in the last week, I looked at some of our, well, we looked at some of our email stats and I said, our open rate there has taken a dip for some reason. We need to figure out why that's happened. Yeah. So we knew we'd moved the email platform and there could be some other stuff involved. So let's just figure out some stuff. And we've actually now got a higher average open rate than we did before. Yeah. So we, it, we went from being what it was to being a bit lower and now it's higher than it was in the first place. And so I think there is some work to be done. However, there is a point at which if you if you get to the point where you just feel like I'm bashing my head against a brick wall here and I cannot get this higher. And it's the same with anything. If you're struggling to get your podcast listens up, if you're struggling to get your sales page conversions up, there is a point at which I think it's worth it's worth pivoting to say, okay, great. Well, if, I, if I'm really trying hard to get that to improve and I can't, let's see if I can get something else up that's going to give me the same lift. Yeah, I totally get it. I'd be really interested to find out which of the things we've talked about in these commandments of this episode you're going to implement first. So just to summarise what we've talked about, we talked about send from a human, not a brand. Include your brand in that so they know which Rob or which whoever you are um, that is they're sending from. Having granular unsubscribe links and the importance of averages and what and what it is you think and what your opinion is on averages. We'd love to hear what you say about it and what you think about it. We're going to have a discussion. In fact, we are having a discussion in the Facebook group about it. It's free to join. We've just set up a really easy to use URL rather than reading out Facebook's massive one, which if you just go to robandkennedy.group, that will forward you over to the Facebook group. But now let's talk about this week's subject line of the week, subject line of the week. So we had a great result with the subject line, don't 
do this with a full stop between each word so, or a period for, the, for the, our friends over the pond. Mm-hmm. Don't dot do dot this dot. And then the little emoji of the chap with his face, his, his palm on his face, the little face palm emoji, as it's officially known. <laughs> and yeah, it worked really, really well, didn't it? What was it? What, what was the context of it, Rob? Do you want to talk about the thread? The thread of it, the, the point of it, was talking about don't send misleading subject lines. So don't send subject lines. I mean, we've talked about them on recent episodes, but you know, like my dog died, and when you open it, it says my dog didn't really die, <laughs> or and you see them things like you know payment reference two nine six two three, and when you open it, it says how would you like to have your inbox flooded with payment references from PayPal every two minutes, and it's just really dodgy. And you open it, and it gets that feeling of oh, you know, when you open open something and you're quite excited and when you and it's and it's just not what you expect it to be yeah it's a I, bit I like actually, you swiped right on somebody i mean you meet them in real life and they don't look anything like they did on the app exactly i i don't think kylie minogue is even on tinder that's all i'm saying i mean i mean is that your tw- tinder profile name <laughs> no, should be um so yeah i think that's i think that's a bit that's a biggie is is so that was the point of it oh, we've got into a new commandment there don't be misleading with your subject lines but that was the point of the email so why do i think it worked i think obviously we know emojis are working really well right now in subject lines as long as you don't use them all the time and i think that it just it has a, it has a, an amount of curiosity to it people like the idea of being they like the idea of of reading about stuff that's sort of condemned, like don't do this. Hmm. So I think the curiosity of it is, oh, what, am I, what is it I'm not supposed to do? Am I doing the thing that he's going to tell me I shouldn't be doing? Do you know what I really like about it? It's not the emoji. It's not the intent behind it. I like the fact it's a word period, a word period, a word period. Breaking things up like that, it makes it very staccato. It's like bam, bam, bam. And it has a very different cadence a different a different feel a different flow to the usual sentence type or single word or two word it's like it's three thoughts and it's like very like don't do and also it sort of harks back a little bit to when your your mum or your dad would tell you off is don't do that you know and i i always remember you know that that's kind of sort of harks back to that i think that's a really powerful one the the, the full stop broken up words thing is obviously quite trendy anyways as a thing i think if you just do it every once in a while like i've never done it before but i think if if in six months time i was i had a subject line where the the breaking up with full stops again would make sense um then i think i think if you do it every once in a while i think it is quite powerful i think it's a really good subject line of the week subject line of the week Awesome. That's another episode. Isn't it? Great. Cool. Well, we're going to head over to the group. So remember, come and join us over at robandkennedy.group. If you haven't already, make sure you smash the subscribe button and make sure you don't miss out on a single episode of this wonderful podcast. We'll see you next week. Charles. The email marketing show. That was a severe danger of becoming a whole new episode there, wasn't it? About averages. Hey. Show.